Purification of the Heart and Soul by Hassan Rasul, based on the works of Hamza Yusuf. Are you one of those people that just doesn't care? Care about anything or anyone to get your way? Well, this brings us to the next disease of the heart, iniquity. Iniquity is defined, according to the scholars, as harming anything in creation without a just cause. The word is a translation of bari, which is derived from the Arabic word that denotes desire. In this context, the problem is desiring something to the point of transgressing the rights of others to attain it. The iniquity and injustice that people aim at others ultimately works against them. The Quran states, O you people, Surely your iniquity is but against yourselves. Imam Mawlud describes the cause of iniquity using the metaphor of a powerfully intoxicating wine. This wine which makes one shudder when swallowed makes one shake when you gulp this intoxicant. This metaphorical wine is love of position, love of status, position, which is a major motivation that impels, that compels some people to wrong others. Even petty office managers, they oppress their subordinates, their people they work with for the purpose of making their territory and securing their positions. Basically, gossiping, stabbing each other in the back, a cutthroat attitude. Tyrants on corporate boards, they pull off power plays and, you know, just push each other out of the way to acquire more authority. We've seen this so many times. Or they remove, literally dismiss those whom they perceive as a potential threat and people in their midst that challenges their authority and position. The scholars state that the desire for this Temporal power is a move away from God, is a move away, far away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to desire pomp and glory. Besides, Allah is the one, the all-powerful and the almighty. And the move towards His creation, that is people who are by comparison Harrison impoverished. They are actually the poor ones. 
You might have some temporal gain, but you're moving away from the real treasure to superficial treasures. Those people desiring temporal power, they protect whatever illusionary possessions and authority they have like misers. And we spoke about this in one of the first programs, miserliness. Vain pursuits wear out on the soul, my friends. Don't tire yourself endlessly, year after year, trying, trying so hard to gain the attention of others. And with the advent of social media, the likes, the follows, the subscribers, the numbers. This will indeed wear out your soul. A person who endeavors to please people and gain their love, their admiration or approval will only exhaust himself in the end. This pursuit may, may you know, leave some people pleased and happy, but others displeased and resentful. It is said that if one honors a noble man, he reciprocates honorably. But if one honors a vile person, he responds with anger and resentment. The poet Muthannabi, he said that whenever you honor the honorable, you possess them. Whenever you honor the ignoble, they rebel. It is prohibited to seek the pleasure of others full stop. Not to mention seek the pleasure of others through trickery and deception, ostentatious religiosity or hypocritical flattery. Let's just repeat that. It is haram. It is prohibited to seek the pleasure of others through conniving trickery, ostentatious religiosity or hypocritical flattery. One should not expect the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the pleasure of God when pursuing the pleasure of his creatures. Scholars have pointed out that seeking the pleasure of God actually makes a person pleasing to good people. One should certainly not be concerned with the commendation of the corrupt, the compliments of the miserly or the power-hungry. It is a tremendous waste and tragedy of time seeking those whose commendations and compliments are of no real value. Honor and rank are forever linked with the status 
one has with your Creator. The great Muslim scholar Ibn Allah, he said that if you desire immortal glory, seek glory in the immortal. The Imam, he uses the word Ummih, which in this context means world. Though its dominant meaning is mother. The connection between two definitions is that we are made from the material of this world. However, love of this ephemeral world encrusts the heart, layers the heart as this type of love for the dunya, for the world involves dedicating oneself to this material superficial world at the expense of spiritual ascendancy, of spiritual growth, of spiritual elevation. Love like this keeps a person's eyes towards the earth, figuratively speaking, and makes one heedless of the ultimate return to God Almighty. Don't become people of ghafla, of heedlessness. The cure for this, this horrific disease is having certainty in the ultimate desire of humanity. Every soul shall taste death. Just to recap, we are talking about the desire to achieve anything at the expense of harming others. Iniquity. And the cure for this is having certainty in the ultimate destiny of humanity. A really powerful technique is to envision yourself, visualize yourself standing in the hereafter for judgment, for accountability. For this has the power to expose the utter waste of irrelevant pursuits that we embark on. It certainly instantly puts things into perspective. What did the Prophet say about this? His words, they carry pearls of wisdom and when they strung together, they are nothing more than treasures for us to behold. The Prophet wasallam, peace be upon him, he said, remember, Often the destroyer of pleasure, that is death. Remembering death is a spiritual practice that cleanses the heart of 
frivolousness, of vanity, of useless talk and wasting time. The Prophet ﷺ, he once passed by a group of Muslims who were laughing heartily. They were having a good time. And he most beautifully said to them, Mix in your gatherings the remembrance of death. Now, this is not a prohibition on having a good time. This is not by any means the Prophet, you know, stopping people from having a hearty laugh. Rather, it's a reminder that prolonged amusement, you know, prolonged engagements with your friends, late nights, laughing, and with no concern over the reality of this world, prolonged amusement. And you know what I'm talking about. Some nights, the entire night goes by and perhaps you have missed your prayers. And before you know it, it's the time for morning prayers and you're still hanging around with your best friends and having the time of your life, but your prayers have been left. So, just to reiterate, the Prophet was not, you know, reprimanding them for having a good time. Rather, he was just reminding them that prolonged amusement has the capacity to anesthetize the soul. It numbs the soul. You may not realize it, but we are people of balance, right? If you're having a good time all the time and you don't realize the reality of this world, it's quite dangerous for us as believers, right? Listen to this beautiful statement of uh, the Prophet's wife, Aisha radiallahu anha. Now, she was asked about the most wondrous aspects that she observed of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and what did she say? Well, she said everything about him was wondrous. But I will say this, when the veiling of the night came and when every lover went to his lover, he went to be with Allah to be with God Almighty. And the Prophet ﷺ stood at night in prayer, remembering his Lord until his ankles swelled up and his tears dripped from his beard. What a beautiful sight. When was the last time you stood up in voluntary prayer for the sake of submitting to your Lord out of pure love? The Prophet ﷺ said, Death is closer to any of you than the strap of your sandals. You know the strap, 
how close it is to your skin, well, this is how close death is to us all. Somewhere on earth, on some day, there is a door reserved for each soul. And one day, each of us will walk through that door never to return to this life again. Where that door is and when we will walk through it are unknowns that we will have to wait patiently for, but we must prepare for that day and live to prepare for it. Upon death, suddenly all of this, this world that we see, all of its charms and illusions and, you know, occupations will become as if it all were a dream. The Quran says, and you will think that you tarried on earth only for a short while. Even those who are spiritually blind will see in the new order of existence the ultimate truth about God and our purpose as His creation. And when we climb out of our graves for the mighty gathering in the hereafter, inshallah, it will seem to us that we had stayed in our graves for only a day or part of a day. The Quran states, when one is confronted with the eternity and its ironclad reality, this world will seem like the most ephemeral of existence, the most shortest of existence, the most quickest time that you spent in this world. This it will feel like a blink of an eye. This once overwhelming, alluring life will be of no value whatsoever. Even the most successful leaders of our time, even the most powerful statesmen, after finally achieving what they so badly desired, and some of them achieved it at the expense of abusing others, all their power will abruptly vanish and come to a grinding halt at death's door. A great revealer. This is when the blindfolds come off. This is when the veils are removed. Their minions died just the same. All their followers and cronies, those who did whatever they could do to move closer to people of authority. When one examines the conduct of the companions of the Prophet it is clear 
that they sought to be nearer to the Prophet and to Allah to learn more about their obligations and what would draw them closer to their Rabb, to their Lord, to their Creator of the heavens and the earth. This was their prerogative, to get closer to Allah and not closer to the world and the things of this world. One thing was absolutely clear. They did not desire illusionary power. The companions of the Prophet the believers around him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, peace be upon him, they saw, they saw first hand that Allah chose him, chose him to be the conveyor, the exemplar of the final message sent to humanity. Learning at the hand of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam provides meanings and benefits that extend beyond this life. Attaining nearness to God certainly does not mean wronging others. So attaining closeness, nearness to God does not involve wronging others harming others, backstabbing others. On the contrary, access to the source of all power, Allah, requires a character that is selfless, compassionate and sensitive to the rights of others. On the contrary, access to the source of all power, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to access that nearness, that closeness requires a character that is selfless, is compassionate and sensitive to the rights of others, not just people, but trees, plants, animals, everything. There is a beautiful saying of Rumi which comes to mind. He says, Between you and everything else is a bridge, a bridge of love. Between you and everything else. He didn't, he didn't say between you and everyone else. He said between you and Everything else is a bridge of love. How beautiful is that? So it serves the soul. It is for the benefit of our souls to be actively conscious and aware that the door of death awaits each one of us. And it can open at any time, right? Young or old, healthy or sick, rich or poor. It really doesn't matter. We've seen this a thousand times. 
how the door of death suddenly opens for someone we just spoke to on the phone yesterday or shook their hand last week. So know that death and the door of death can open anytime. For this reason, our scholars say that we must, we must keep the spectacle of death before our eyes and realize its proximity, realize its reality, realize that it can happen to us in an instant. There is profound wisdom in remembering the reality of death. And knowing, knowing that we will face our Maker, will be accountable to all our actions. And this will help us by remembering death, remove the iniquity within us to want to trample on the rights of others to gain the temporal pleasures of this world. This is your brother Hassan Rasul. Once again, it's been a pleasure to talk to you about the signs, symptoms and diseases of the heart. We look forward to the next episode, inshallah. Thank you for joining us. Please remember to follow, share and subscribe to our material. Which brings us really nicely onto our next topic which we will be discussing in the next program. Love of the world. So we will be dealing with that as a disease of the heart and how we can cure ourselves from it. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. It is important that we note that this book, The Purification of the Heart, Signs, Symptoms and Cures of the Spiritual Diseases of the Heart, translated and the commentary of Imam Al-Mawlud's Matharat Al-Qulub written by Sheikh Hamza Yusuf narrated by Hassan Rasul.